1: Welcome to We'll See You in Hell, the podcast where we discuss and sometimes comment on horror, sci-fi, fantasy films. I'm Joe DeRosa. To my right is Mr. Patrick Walsh. Pat?
0: Yeah. um, I guess uh, I'll reintroduce you now that you've already done it. Um, And then we can get on with the show. And on with a joke. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that was a curveball kind of like a betty boop one nice
0: misdirection how are you pat i'm great uh too infrequently mentioned on this podcast is our fantastic and catchy theme song i'd like to remind you that it was written and performed sung instruments everything by the great joe DeRosa. rosa thank you and with that respect i would like to now play my buddy eli braden's cover of that theme song it's very cool a different take on it Eli writes songs for the Howard Stern show and he's a tremendous follow on Twitter give it a listen here we go
1: Very cool. I like that. Yeah, it's
0: like a, a hair metal take on it. Yeah. Um, and it is very Stern Show-ish.
1: It yes. reminds me of a lot of the Stern Show songs. Yeah, no, so,
0: I, I I loved it. I appreciated it. Thank you. What was his name again? Eli Braden. Thank you, Eli. He's also a, a relentless joke machine. Very, very funny on Twitter.
1: Eli Braden. That's a great name. Yeah. That sounds like an old like old, a Kurt Russell character. Yeah, I was going to say like an old sheriff. Right. Sheriff Eli Braden. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Kurt Russell, our movie today is the 1982 version of The Thing. Some would say it's the only version. I don't feel that way, but I I, I love the film. Yeah. But I do still have respect for the original, and I like the sequel quite a bit, or the prequel, uh, but, you know, this What's one is... What's the prequel? You mean the latest one? Yeah, The Thing. Oh, Christ. Well, when you rewatch the old one, the 82 one, and then you watch the prequel again... They, I thought, did a very great job of, like, tying it up. Like, it's very cool, like, how they recreated this Swedish, whatever those guys are, the Turkish, whatever the fuck. Their oh, base right. the and like, at the beginning. All that stuff. I, you know, I, I wish it had a little less C, CGI in it, but I, I thought it was a cool movie. But the, more on that later. Let's just do a general catch-up here. Sure. How are you, Pat? Pat and I have been booze-free for roughly two weeks now.
0: Yeah, I'm fine. Everything is just... Uh... Very difficult, very stressful
1: give me that ball without it Con's all over Pat because Pat's got the ball near him the green ball that my dog's obsessed with I'm gonna put it up here <laughs> I mean, for now
0: this dog is going nuts for this ball
1: he uh, don't you wish you felt about a ball like that instead wish of I felt uh, about whiskey anything
0: like that. huh wish I felt about anything like that yeah
1: um, that's his booze. Ain't going to get no ain't gonna get no cirrhosis from a rubber ball. That's true. Um, so wait, yeah, how's it going for you?
0: <laughs> it's going fine, you know. Uh, just trying to get
1: the show popping, you know. Your TV show. Yes. Yes, it will. It'll get popping. I don't want you to worry about it. I'm not. I just, just want to start, for Christ's sake. It'll start. Yeah. All things start. They do. One Man, day you'll nice look back time. at this time, you'll go, remember the sweet time when I wanted it to start, when it was just, and it. oh, I didn't know how good I had didn't it. Didn't know how good I had it. You know? And then you'll want it to stop, and then you'll say, remember when it was starting, how great that was? <laughs> and be, so on and so on. i long that's, dead by this point. but Yeah, you can't nice be happy in life, is the point.
0: Absolutely not.
1: Impossible. No. Um, are you enjoying the no drinking thing? I mean, yes and no. It, uh, yeah.
0: it sort of up my weed usage, um, which is, I guess is cheating. But, I, you know, I, I I didn't really have any adverse effects from drinking.
1: Speaking of which, do you want a little marijuana? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, I got half a little joint in here that I rolled the other day. I'm ashamed now, of what this podcast has become. I mean, who cares? Yeah. It didn't up my weed usage. It made me... I tried, I, I keep desperately trying to get back into weed the way I was in college, and it it just makes me paranoid and crazy, so well, let's see how this You're goes. kind of already there. Yeah, I mean, you know, so, but you know, there's just nothing, the amount of, in two weeks in this horrid, hard city we live in, just a terrible city full of terrible people. The amount of parties that have popped up, that I've, like last night I performed at a house party. Yeah at a house party style. um knocking joe and i were incredible boots in the center of the room incredible lineup on this thing uh Nikki glazer Yep. lizzie cooperman lover me andy dick All uh love. dino Stan uh, yeah however the hell you say his last name great fucking lineup people are having a blast there's free booze everywhere and i'm yeah. just like beautiful women i'm like i I gotta get the fuck out of here i left i i chain smoked three cigarettes on the balcony and then i left i was like i i don't know how people do this sober what is fun about this i mean i uh
0: did not have sex until i had a drink and then i was like oh i understand how people have sex now i didn't get it before sober people doing shit i mean
1: I, i don't understand doesn't make any damn sense use that as an ashtray People, our world is crumbling around us. I think. Uh, you think? I don't know. I talked to a friend the other day. By the way,
0: uh, don't don't online harass that woman I, I referenced last week. I saw somebody being like, you know, Senator, fuck you, and so just don't engage.
1: Yeah, don't do that. We're not we're not trying to get you
0: out after the woman.
1: She's entitled to her opinion. We're entitled to ours, and it needs to end there. That's all. Nobody needs to be, you know. Nobody needs to be bringing torches to people's doors via Twitter.
0: No, I don't want
1: to think I I
0: put hate out into the world, especially at Uh, a time of so much hate.
1: I'm more confused than ever. I talked to a staunch Republican friend of mine the other day who's not a fan of Trump but is a devout Republican. And her arguments for everything, this is my problem. I used to have a bit about this. I hear both sides. I don't I and I it, it, both I'm so dumb that both sides just convince me all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I used to have a bit where I go, I watched Obama and uh, McCain, uh, not McCain. Um, um. Who was the guy that, Biden? The, no, the vice president that shot his friend in, the, in the <laughs> oh, face. Cheney, Cheney. Yeah, I watched Cheney and um, <laughs> the vice president that <laughs> shot his friend in the face and Obama debate Guantanamo Bay once. Yeah. And uh, Obama was like, you know, it's disgraceful. We need to get rid of it. It's inhumane. I was like, he's right. This is when are we going to grow as people? (laughs) And then Cheney's like, they're terrorists. What are we supposed to do? And I was like, you cut their (laughs) fucking heads off. (laughs) Uh I can't. I can't pick a goddamn side. It's getting easier, though. No, it's getting easier. Of course. I just mean in general. You can pretty much sway me on anything. Sure. uh, Which leads me to a debate Pat Walsh and I had yesterday about the new Queens of the Stone Age record. Pat said, you know, he thought the record was pretty good, but that <coughs> but that their best album by far was rated R. No, no, I didn't say it's the best album by far. You, you said easily their best. You, those, I will read you the text. <laughs> rated R is easily their best, you said.
0: I might well. I do love it, but I feel like I would have said easily one of the best because I, I wasn't quite prepared to make that big a claim.
1: Well, here's the thing: Are you ready for this curveball? Yeah, and I disagree. With it. I go, "That's fucking ridiculous. All it's right. a stupid statement." Rated R is an excellent, excellent album. That's what it said. He, no, no, I'll tell you what I said. Here we go. <laughs> okay,
0: Joe texted me, "Digging the new Queens." I said, "Yes, it's my least favorite of theirs, but it is good." Joe says, "Least favorite Walsh. Damn it." right i said it's easily their least good album still a solid b plus joe says rated r is by far the worst album (laughs) listen to it many times (laughs) see it best i wrote you're not smart (laughs) joe said tell me when i see you what makes that album good and i will tracks one two and three are great after that it's very hit or miss and it's not um i can (laughs) can freely discuss that well
1: i just really revisioned uh, history there is that how you say that yeah revised history i'm reading, i didn't Excuse say rated r is their best well in any case i re, in my head that's what you said and i re-listened to rated r today for maybe the fifth time <laughs> yeah loved it finally clicked. all right coincidentally finally See? clicked where i was like oh now i get it and you know what, I, you know if what it, we can do it america can do it you and know? then i i also Find compromise. re-listened to some of the new one which i love but I also got why somebody like you, who's a diehard fan, would think it's the worst of anything they've put out. But still yes, good. But still good. It's definitely their... It's like I'm a I'm a devout fucking Spoon fan. I get mad yes. when people say "Gah, gah, 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 gah" is their best album. I'm like, no, it's not. That's the party album. Right. It's ten poppy, beautiful, sweet, crunchy songs. But that is not the best album. Right. So I I when I heard I the Reheard the new album today I was like Oh this is why like I get into arguments With Spoon people Where I'll say like I like Kill the Moonlight Better than Gaga Gaga And they're like What are you talking about And I'm like (laughs) Because it works better It's it's a cohesive Piece of work Right Which is how I saw Rated R today Finally
0: Yeah a lot of it Is when you come To an album Like I was a fan of theirs From pretty much The jump The loudest show I've ever seen I think permanently Damaged my hearing But Um also, great and re released pretty recently is their debut before Rated R. Just I like Queen that album. Um, the pubic
1: hair cover always made me a little uncomfortable. Makes me real comfortable. Uh, which but, the Black Crows had to change. They had to change yes. the cover of Amorica because it showed pubes, yes. which is the best Black Crows album. Yes. I love Lullabies to Paralyze. I like that album quite a bit, but I find that the first half is so far superior to the second half that it's a bit of a downer.
0: All the I'd revisit them all. all I mean, their albums just grow and grow and grow, and especially if you're going to get high. It's just a dream. Uh, what was the song for the deaf is, of course, incredible. Just a masterpiece, really.
1: That's a great one.
0: Uh, They're all great. I learned from doing a little research this weekend that era vulgaris was shat on by critics which i think is an amazing album
1: i think era, that's my least favorite of all of them all right. i think it's good all but right. it's got too many there, there's some dips in between the songs that i really love you i really with
0: you one of my favorite songs that's
1: a good tune i think threes and sevens is one of the or is it oh, sevens three and, and three fantastic that's
0: that's i used to play that on rock band it'd make you cry <laughs>
1: Anything for uh, Pat's Movie Corner this Not week? Not yet.
0: I'm about halfway through The Handmaid's Tale. I want to quickly take a hard shot at Hulu, if I may. Um, you're, you're so far inferior to your other services, like the Netflix and and so forth. And I, I wish you better than, than what you're doing, but at the end of each episode, the uh credits you can't see who wrote or directed any of the episodes they throw up a giant graphic that covers wrote and directed that bothers me when they do that i mean imagine you wrote or directed that show like that, your dream and no one ever sees it so that annoys me and i like to know who wrote and directed shows um, me too. also so i'm watching through the handmaid's tale Every, so my girlfriend watched it without me and then i'm watching it now with each episode, and I've watched six of them, uh-huh. Uh Uh, it, huh. it's hard to even explain. It plays the last minute of the episode you're about to watch. So you hit play, and you're like, this is kind of a weird first scene. Why does it do that? And you realize you're watching the end of that episode. Why does it do that? Because Hulu doesn't have their shit together. That's oh, it's point. like a flaw. They have a numerous flaws when you're trying to watch a show. So now I've seen six episodes of a show where I know how it ends point being handmaid's tale good show i get why everybody likes it very entertaining
1: uh i haven't watched it yet uh but i'd like to i just haven't gotten around to it very Um, well done like it uh did i see anything this week i still haven't watched the copy of gross point blank that you lent me oh i will oh i do have something for this um i started season two of ash versus evil dead um I'm a big, big Evil Dead fan. I was a really big fan of the first season of the show. I'm excited to see what the second season has to bring. Um, it, kind as, of, it lost me a bit. It's I, I will say in this. Season two. They're going a little too on the nose already. St- Sam Raimi w- was quoted as saying that what he tried to do with Evil Dead was basically be like, I love the Three Stooges and I loved horror, so what if you combine the two? Yeah. And it's very, very well done in the first two films. Um, Army of Darkness, I don't dislike, but I'm not a huge fan. It gets a little too carried away with the goofiness. Um, I felt pretty funny though. It is very funny. Uh, I love the Evil Dead remake. I like that they just did, went, that did a awesome. raw horror version of it. I thought funny. that was cool. And I thought that Ash versus Evil Dead season one g- rode the line pretty perfectly of what I liked about Evil Dead two in particular. Yeah.
0: The second season The scene with him dropping all those light bulbs and then walking across them in the pilot. Yeah. It's one of the funniest scenes in television history. <laughs> I rewound it over and over and over and over again. <laughs> Just so funny to me.
1: Yeah, it's it can be very funny and I like that, but but what I don't like in season two is like I don't need to see a, when a pipe hits him in the head to see Ash go, why I oughta It's like he doesn't literally need to talk like Mo. <laughs> Uh, The other thing I didn't like is They're putting in like Just sitcom jokes That aren't indicative of the characters And that that bothers me a little bit And it's a funny joke when he goes he goes, I don't got that memory for getting disease, whatever it's called. And then the kid goes, Alzheimer's. And he goes, Alzheimer's. That's that memory for getting disease. Why are you bringing that up? <laughs> that's like, a, that's a great joke. That's a funny joke, but it's like Ash isn't a fucking moron. Correct. You know what I mean? He's got tool qualities, but at the end of the day, he's a badass, and he gets. And I'm like, maybe you don't give him the Alzheimer's joke, like he's like <laughs> coming unglued, yet he's somehow defeating all yeah. these. So I, I I hear that you know it's it's just little things like that like it happened on the later years of the Golden Girls which I've been rewatching <laughs> season six and seven right now how are they they're great they're they're way better than I remembered them being because I was when I first saw them I was comparing them to the first five seasons right but now rewatching them, I'm like oh no these are actually very funny but it's it's the end and there are jokes in there where you're like. Blanche wouldn't say that. That's not a Blanche joke. That's a Rose joke. Yeah. You know, so Joe angrily pacing around his apartment going, Blanche wouldn't say that. Yeah. You come over, there's six crumpled Marlboro, Marlboro Red soft packs on the table, empty mountain of butts, like a weird uh, body pillow with Rue McClanahan's face on it, covered in jizz in the corner. Right. Yeah. No, I'm I'm yelling at it. Yeah. When you walk in. <laughs> um but i but that all being said i am i am still enjoying the second season and i do plan to stick with it oh one other thing for they, pat's movie honestly story. they've been sitting on my dvr since the show aired a year ago Watched the first season of stan versus evil which is very in the vein Dana of gould yes okay Haven't i enjoyed it. it i enjoyed it um all right i i, I I say this respectfully. I wish the show looked a little bit better. There is a there's something about the production that makes it sort of look like if R.L. Stein did an adult horror show. Uh Like it's got it's got a sort of Nickelodeon like fog over it. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's it's, I think it's just the cameras they use. Other than that, the monsters look awesome. It's funny. I always love John McGinley. Uh, The woman who plays the daughter, who I'm unfamiliar with, is really really great um everybody's great the sheriff you know the deputy guy it's it's a it's a fun show and i'm glad they got a second season and i wish you well dana gould there you go uh joe scary stuff Wait, real quick oh sorry
0: because you're gonna love this i watched 3d in my home titanic all four hours all three hours (sighs) why because it's the best 3d i've ever seen in my life it's it's a movie that was not shot in 3d and it looks better than when you go see doctor strange 3d really it was incredible i felt like i was folks i felt like i was on the titanic (laughs) uh it was like beautiful like i kept pausing it and uh, calling heather in, and we'd like put on the glasses and just be like look at it like art now, would you say that this 3D restoration didn't sink? I would, <laughs> I, and it won't sink your pocketbook. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's on Amazon for like 15 bucks or something. Uh, I know everybody doesn't have the, th- the 3D TV, and I think they're already
1: pretty much out of fashion. <laughs> they, they, that was the Betamax of modern television. Yeah. They, they went out quick. But I
0: love mine, and I watch 3D shit all the time, and I love it. It's like a, especially when they go back and do the old ones, Predator or whatever. Um, But to me, Titanic is the best I have ever seen 3D look. I couldn't recommend it highly enough. I know they did a brief theatrical release of it, and I know that now they have Terminator 2 3D back in theaters, which I am seeing 100%. Uh,
1: I'm not saying this to shit on Terminator 2, which you know I like to do quite frequently. Uh, I heard that it is not a good 3D restoration. Really? Yes. Interesting. Somebody wrote to me when I tweeted about Terminator 2 not liking it the other day. Somebody wrote to me and said, I love the movie, but the, the 3D version is shit. Oh, no. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, See, I I thought might, Cameron, yeah.
0: since he had done this, would do a great job. I also hope he does the Abyss 3D. I think that'd be sweet.
1: I Look, anything's possible. I'm not saying that this guy's definitely right about it being sh- You know what I mean? Who knows? You might. No, everybody on the internet is 100% right. Uh, at all times. I got a thing for Joe's scary stuff uh well i got two things actually the first one is you heard me boast and and brag and and uh uh just just the vocabulary and guys this isn't the weed talking it's just boasting gone
0: and brag like we you got it boasting and bragging mean the same thing it's just gone I can't. we understand
1: what you're trying to say I almost said sulk, that's the wrong word. Wallow, I don't know. Anyway, the creep show two vinyl. Waxworks, my hat's off to you. Fantastic job. Days after receiving the Creep Show Two vinyl, days. Yeah. I go on the internet. Waxworks has now released the Creep Show One soundtrack. Wow. Vinyl. I out loud I went, You bastards, because I couldn't give me a second to get a breath. <laughs> uh But I ordered it. It also comes in two versions. There's the Lunkhead version, which is based on the Jordy Verrill story. So you get a nice blue and greenish smoke vinyl. And then the other is the um, Death Smog version or something. Death Smoke, which is red, which confused me because I I thought Death Smoke would be the Ted Danson segment because that fog comes in with them. But I think it's based on the, um, uh, maybe
0: the <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think you've got that Alzheimer's old man type disease. The uh, I think it's based of on the maybe the, uh,
1: the 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 uh, Tasmanian Devil one. Yes, but there's no smoke in that, so maybe it's the first. There's no smoke in the first one either. But they do a lot of red shots in those two segments. So I don't know. I got the Jodie Vera one. That's my favorite creep show segment out of any of the movies. Uh, I just love it. I I watch that and I think, how the fuck did Stephen King not just be an actor? Like, the guy is really, really good in that segment. And it's just him. And he carries it. Um, Anyway, uh, that's out. I ordered mine. I'm going to get it soon, I hope. And they did the same thing. It's got, you know, the, the double gatefold thing. And you open it and there's like a mini sort of. The comic, the liner notes are all written like to look like a creep show comic book. Very cool, and I prefer the soundtrack to Part One way way over Part Two because it's all that old eighties synth stuff, uh, and it's a much more consistent soundtrack in the sense that it all sounds the same. Um, whereas the two is like Steve Howe did a lot of the music, and then a different composer I think did the title, and so it kind of changes a bit. But anyway, that's number one for Joe's Scary stuff. Number two. And this is the this is the first people on this podcast. I'm gonna do a negative scary stuff. What? I go to the damn GameStop yesterday Uh-oh. to trade in my Street <laughs> Fighter 2 uh-huh. for my Nintendo Switch because quite frankly it sucks. Holy it's, cow. It's uh it's revamped graphics. They won't let you do a full screen of the original graphics. There are these annoying, distracting borders that you can't change on the original graphics. Uh, it's not hyper fighting. They don't allow the turbo speed. It's it's just it, uh, it just let me down. So I said All right, I'm just going to take this back. Get something else. So I take it back. I, I enjoy GameStop. I know a lot of you video game enthusiasts don't, but I you know I think it's a convenience store. It's the Walmart of video game stores. I go in. They were very nice. Why don't the haters like GameStop? I think because it's like the I think they treat their employees bad. I've heard a lot of that online. Okay. But every time I go in, the employees are very friendly and nice and helpful, and they seem like they're yeah. in good moods. And so, you
0: walk out and they uh, get electrodes
1: to their genitals. Yeah, which can and has happened. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Caddyshack 2?
0: Uh, yes, now that you mentioned The only that,
1: funny yeah. joke in the entire movie. It's a bad, bad Is movie. Is Dan Aykroyd doing that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. I said, what do I get? Oh, well, here's this game, The Binding of Isaac, Afterbirth, that everybody says is so fucking great. Oh, it's a Zelda clone, they say. You're going to love it. Dungeon Crawler, heavy action. It's a Zelda clone. I go, okay, great. A customer goes, I love that fucking game. 500 hours clocked i'm like this is perfect not drinking not uh not doing anything fun let me sink into my bed at night and get into the world of isaac and explore his world (laughs) Uh, oh and it's horror themed awesome i buy the thing this game fucking sucks (laughs) Every time you die, it starts you over again. So uh-huh. you'll be in the second dungeon and you die, and then you have to go back and redo a first dungeon again. Now, granted, they change as you, you know, with a, I don't think you ever get the same one exactly twice. But it's like f- fuck you. I this isn't a Zelda clone. Yeah. Just because it's a top-down dungeon crawler doesn't make it a goddamn Zelda clone. There's no like exploring the world and finding things you need. And if there is, it's you lost me. I, I got like it sounds Like you were holding
0: it up to the standards of Zelda when it's its own thing.
1: They the the, the guy that made it said I wanted to do a Zelda clone kind of thing. So where are the villages? Where's talking to the townspeople? Where's searching around? Where's your save points? <laughs> Where's searching around? I, I, because that's part of Zelda. You got to go find the flute so you can move the I'm rock and Look, then,
0: you know, and all that shit. I haven't played a video game since Paperboy, original Nintendo.
1: Uh, I, I just did not enjoy and this rock game.
0: And I a- a- aforementioned Rock
1: Band. And I, again, I'll give a nod to GameStop. God bless the guy behind the counter. He goes, want to use copy in case you don't like it? I yeah. said, yes, I do and that is getting returned within my seven-day window, and I'm getting what I originally wanted, which was Shovel Night. <laughs> shovel Knight. <laughs> yes, I wanted Shovel Night.
0: So couldn't you go home, completely beat a game in yeah. seven days, and then bring it back and get another yeah. game?
1: They don't care. You have seven I'm days to return. If, if you buy a used one, you can't do that with a new game. Right. But if you buy a used game, you have seven days. As long as you bring it back and it's not like all fucked up. <laughs> Right. You know, but I mean, I got to tell you, most video games these days, even these like throwback games, yeah, that uh, that are sort of nods to Nintendo and Super Nintendo, even those, I think a lot of them, you'd be pretty fucking hard pressed to beat them in seven days, unless you have, li- unless you're doing nothing but that. Yeah, that's how I
0: beat uh, Mario uh, Wii, which is my favorite game of all time. The
1: Super Mario. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a great. My work. buddy
0: did it in like a week, and then hugged each other and went to bed.
1: That's a great game. Yeah. Um, all right. So
0: I guess I have played a game in the last 10 years, but that was it. Well, it was no, whatever. that's
1: almost... You're pushing 10 years with yeah, that one. Yeah, 10 big. years. Yeah. Anyway, well, our movie uh, today. Well, no,
0: and I had one, too. Oh, you do? Oh, you do?
1: I'm sorry. No, well, did,
0: it's not scary at all, but did you use my uh, birthday gift, the Onzo Zero Dust Stylus
1: Cleaner? I did. Did it drastically improve your sound? It didn't, but I, I realized... Really? Because here's why I realized how clean I've been keeping my needle And I didn't oh, even realize okay. it I frequently am pulling The dust off of it Yeah So it wasn't like It sounded better Because it yeah. got the little pieces That I can't get to But it's a great thing And I'm glad to have it And I don't Now I no longer have to Potentially damage my needle By putting my yeah. fingers on it But I loved it And the three records I got from you Candia Well No Vince oh. ended up So Pat brought over Six albums And said You and Vince It's your birthday You each take three Three of them were Cars records, Heartbeat City, Candy Owen, the first one, yeah. correct? Heartbeat City, they're not the first one.
0: Oh, and the first one. Yeah. There was three. Yeah. You and just then, said that, yes. And then the yeah.
1: other three were Radiohead, OK Computer, an ABBA record, much to everybody's surprise. Their best
0: record, Arrival.
1: And then... Um, Big fan of ABBA. A John Lennon, oh, Yoko. Yeah. These were records
0: I had bought twice, either by accident or because a new version came out.
1: So in any case, I originally wanted all three Cars albums, uh, but I, Vince wasn't here, so I didn't feel fair doing that. So Vince came over. I said, look, I, I, I'm I, prone to the Cars albums, but the one I really want is Heartbeat City. He yeah. said, well, take this one, too. I'll just take Candio. And I said, great. He took Lennon. I said, thank you for getting that guy off my plate because I'm not a fan. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, and then he took uh, the, the ABBA album, which I was also grateful for. Yes. And I so I got the first Cars record. Yeah. And I already knew Oki OK Computer, but I got to tell you, these two albums are phenomenal. Heartbeat City, Heartbeat City is superior, but the the two albums are phenomenal records. I mean, I, th-
0: I think the Cars had a amazing run.
1: Really, really
0: good stuff. I have their box set on vinyl. Each one's like a different color. Gets a lot of play in my house.
1: The first one, it's like the first three or four songs are singles. You're yeah. like Jesus Huge Christ. Hits. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, yeah, anyway, I, I'm going to ask Vince what it did for his record play, player as well. Well, his record player is broken, so he probably hasn't oh, been able to right check,
1: right. T- test it yet.
0: So if you want to listen to this Creepshow vinyl, perhaps, I'll tie it into yours. It's called the Anzao Zero Dust Stylus Cleaner. It's about 30 bucks on Amazon. It made my home setup. I have like a nice kind of higher-end turntable that I love. I thought I was taking care of this thing. I dipped it in this Anzao, five seconds. Uh, Like, the sound, I would say it almost went back to better than the day I bought it. It I I was angry at myself for having lost like a year to this subpar sound. It was such a huge difference. Did
1: I not hold it in enough? I just kind of went, I
0: mean, it's all it really takes. The instructions are um, Japanese people trying their best to speak English, so it's hard to follow. It comes from Japan. Racist.
1: Nationalist, I mean, it's just, it's just not... Nationalist, racist. <laughs> Were the Japanese women sexist? Uh, Guy told me a story at a party yesterday. I almost threw my food across the room. All right. And he was like, isn't that ridiculous? And uh, he said he was talking to uh, a friend of his and that person's transgender um, brother or sister. Okay. And he was saying... He was like, yeah, I'm a big believer in, in in transgender rights and all these things. And he goes, we need to stand up for these people. And the other person who's, you know, the brother or whoever it was, he goes, or it was he or she, it doesn't matter. He goes, uh, that's ableist. You shouldn't say that. And he's like, what? And he's like, what did you just say? And he goes, we should stand up for these. Right-. And he goes, don't say that. And he was like, I don't understand what I said that's wrong. Uh-huh. And, and the person goes, that's ableist. Not everybody can stand. Try to think about that—that some people are crippled, and you're. Uh, This isn't real. It was. He told me this is one hundred percent real. I almost. He saw (laughs) flames come into my eyes, like at the end of uh, uh, Witches of Eastwick. (laughs) Okay. All right. Like. and he was just like, he just started laughing. He's like, I know, I know. Yeah. And there was a split second where I was scared that he was going to be like, you know, and I just had never thought about that. Yeah, you know? right. But you he was like, I know it's out. fucking crazy, right? <laughs> I was like, That's nuts. Yeah. So uh, that really, whoo,
0: truly nuts. Whoo um got a lot of heat about my gum chewing on last week's episode oh yeah they were after you i apologize and what's weird is that the week where i was like i hope i'm not chomping gum in these people's ears i wasn't and the week i didn't even think about it i was
1: Ain't that ain't that the way she goes? Ain't that the way she goes? Doodle-doom. That sounds like a line from doodledum. a David Mamet movie. Like, yeah, he always has Rebecca Pidgeon say things that you never heard. Like, it, like she, but she says it like it's a saying. Yeah, ain't that the way she goes? Ain't that the way she goes? And then everybody double crosses everybody. Yeah, and then the movie ends. Uh, anyway, we're I, uh, here to talk about
0: a movie. Good transition. The thing in as, my pants. <laughs> uh, I was hearing about this movie at a very young age from my best friend growing up, Mr. Ryan Huntsel. Ryan, shout out, probably not listening, but uh, he used to be like Pat. As I said, I didn't like scary movies at the time. I was a kid. I was 10. and also couldn't see our rated movies. He was like, when it comes to suspense, nothing beats The thang, and he would always say the thang.
1: So then, finally, he was what was he? Southern trash.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, (laughs) kind of. We all were. It's Missouri. (laughs) Nothing beats the thang. (laughs) This was a guy whose younger brother wants. Quick, funny side story. Before we even finish uh, the intro to the thing, I'm going to already break off. But his little brother. Uh, we had a scary movie night and we were holding up like uh, flashlights and we'd go around and tell scary stories till we made the other ones like freak out. You did live in Missouri. <laughs> Not a lot to do. Right. So I tell a story. and Perhaps this is where I got my gift for storytelling. But I'm shining the flashlight under my face and we're all sitting in a circle. And I'm telling the story about like a demonic clown or something. And finally everybody's like, ah, you know, made everybody jump, I pass it on, everyone goes around then it gets to uh, Caleb Brian's little brother and he shines a flashlight under his face and he goes once upon a time there was a house just sitting there <laughs> and it's a thing that might be the hardest i've ever laughed in my life i was just i was the right age <laughs> he thought he was like trying to like impress us with his storytelling once upon a time there was a house just sitting there with a flashlight underneath To make it extra spooky. Man, it was funny.
1: I'll tell you what's weird is uh, every Halloween, my circle jerk group, that's how they make (laughs) us do it. You hold the flashlight under your nads. Okay. And then you jerk on to the flashlight? No, it just really? illuminates the spray as it goes up. Have you used a flashlight? But you do have to tell a scary story as you do it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I could do both. Have I used a flashlight? Yeah. No, but a very funny flashlight line was from, and we talked about Dana earlier when I did Dana Gould's podcast. We were talking about like when you do comedy uh, festivals. Yeah. How they always give you a gift bag, and he talked about a festival they did. He did where he goes, he goes, in the gift bag is a (laughs) flashlight and he goes you know you don't have to underline the fact that i'm alone yeah uh
0: rory scrovel must have been at that same festival because he did a bit about it's getting a flashlight in a gift bag it's
1: a it's the it's the it's the moon tower festival in austin i believe it's a fantastic festival it's one of my favorite festivals ever to do yeah but i remember they did give you fleshlights in the back because um uh because uh um uh, uh, Dudley and Bob, the radio show down there. Yeah, they gave me a flashlight. That bef- something is going right. on with with Austin. The flashlights. I remember to f- use it. The owner of the club drove me to radio, and then they gave me a flashlight, and I was like, "Well, I guess maybe I'll try this out." Sure. And then we were leaving, me and the owner, and she was going to drive back to the hotel, and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to hang downtown." She's like, "Okay, cool." And I go, "Hey, can you take this for me?" Uh huh. And I'll get it from you later, and she just goes no <laughs> so i just threw it away yeah that's a shame well i wasn't gonna carry a fake vagina around yeah, town all day true. i had a
0: uh, buddy of mine do some sort of like sort of like blog or vice piece or something on uh the fleshlight company and got a bunch of free ones so i do have one and have used it but i don't how's it feel i don't go to it often
1: how's it feel on your nuts
0: it's it feels great. I'm not gonna lie, but it's not it's not like it simulates sex, and it's too much of a hassle to not just jerk it. You it know? sounds
1: also like the, the saddest cleanup. That's what I was gonna say. You know, it's it's, it's got to be the saddest cleanup of all time. It's a lot. It's shoving your fingers in the fleshlight <laughs> to scrape out your own jizz. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not ideal. Where do you wash that? That's like when you got to get rid of paint where do you you don't want to dump it in the kitchen sink where do you what do you do with it um you know you just soap and water it up but what sink do you use you're not using your dish sponge on that i thing, use the right? bathroom sink joe all right what kind of soap i mean i imagine you got
0: antibacterial use... they have spe- uh, specific instructions like on hand place. soap yeah i mean i've had this thing three years i probably used it four times but um you know I can't not recommend it, especially if you live alone. I certainly would have used it back when I wasn't having intercourse. I thought you were going to do which the thing, I am the thing where you Great say you have Berlin. it this
1: amount of time, and then you say you used it more times than that. What's up? I thought you were going to do the joke where you say I've had it, I've had it for three years, and I've only used it <laughs> like four million times. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Sorry, I should have a bit about old Thanks Navy for punching up my personal anecdote. When I hear my Old Navy bit, I'll bring back another old bit. All right. You know, all everything is cheap at Old Navy, but the problem is, is you get you go in there for the one thing you want, and then on the way to the register, there's 8,000 things that you just end up picking up because it's so cheap. Uh-huh. And then, but then you get to the register, and the lady goes, that'll be $200. You know, and you're like, $200? It's ridiculous. How many things do I have? And she goes, 300. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Look, I didn't say it was a great joke. It's all right. just just an old bit I used to do. It used to make me laugh. I like stuff like that. All right. All right. Uh, Anyway, Uh, send us your votes on the old Navy joke. I'm curious (laughs) to hear what you think.
0: We have yet to talk about the thing. We're... A cool forty minutes into
1: this podcast,
0: <laughs> uh, but look, folks, you've been asking us to do this one for a while. Uh, it almost seems like we had, but we hadn't. I rewatched this thing last night, the new uh, Scream Factory two K restoration, whatever. I mean, it just looks absolutely fucking incredible, and they don't they don't scrub it of all the grain. It feels very just perfect to me when they do these old it
1: doesn't look like you're suddenly looking at like a live sitcom version of (laughs) yeah exactly okay good
0: i mean the thing is uh just i guess i respect it more every time i watch it you know when i was a kid i watched the thing it was really terrible it was suspenseful It was very terrifying um but i was also like super grossed out and disturbed by the effects the dog bursting and the faces bursting and all that like it's st- it's still kind of like unparalleled and underrated effects work in that movie.
1: I remember as a kid we had a cable channel called Prism, okay, which I think was only like on the East Coast or something, and um, but I remember the ad Prism was the pr- there was Showtime HBO and Prism we had all three and Prism was the one that would show actual like porn after like twelve all right so they were the edgier station and uh, I remember the ad penetration. I can't remember, but I remember, like, there was a strict rule of, like, I was not allowed to turn on Prism after a certain time. Right. You ever sneak it? No, because I was too scared. And then by the time I did get the balls to sneak, we didn't have Prism anymore. We just had Showtime, and it was just Uh. stuff like Lady Chatterley's Lover. (laughs) Stuff like that. Red Shoe Diaries. Yeah. So, anyway, um, Prism would run ads for the thing. And I remember in the ads would be almost every horrific visual from this fucking movie. Yeah. And I remember just being so disturbed and frightened of it. And now I love it. But, you know, that was my first exposure to this film. Um, it's the best. I mean, I don't,
0: I don't know what to tell you, folks. If you haven't seen it, make it a priority. Kurt Russell is awesome in it. There's never... It's just so refreshing to see a movie that's like kind of funny in spots that like doesn't even attempt to be funny at all like in such a jokey time for movies like right. they're the only and uh heather was watching it with me she'd never seen it we were wound back she laughed so hard at this part when donald Muffat the older guy when he's like i don't want to spend this we're not tied to this fucking couch we start <laughs> screaming at them i mean we were dying because it's like that's a real genuine character comedy moment in a movie that's been like deadly serious mm. And it works. It's really funny. If every line in a movie is a joke, suddenly you're not
1: so scared anymore.
0: Or suddenly you, you're not enjoying this superhero movie.
1: I'll tell you the line that made me laugh very much, and it's not even supposed to be funny, is when... uh uh Who plays... The, what's the actor's name that plays the guy that makes it to the end besides Kurt Russell? Keith, Keith David. David. Yeah. Um, not to be
0: confused with David Keith, who was also an actor. True story.
1: Keith David, when he goes... Uh, and He goes, duck. Do you believe any of this hocus pocus mumbo jumbo? Yeah, I love. I just love that he's referring to alien <laughs> life forms as <laughs> hocus pocus. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, it also made me laugh really hard when he would test the blood, which is like such a great, great scene. Amazing. Goes through and tests uh, the needle on the blood, and then how each new person is now untied from their chair and like standing with him. It's just there was something so funny about the way that was cut right it was dean cundy the guy who shot like back to the future and shit like it's an amazing looking
1: movie Is he the dp or the editor dp um amazingly shot did i say editor well you were just saying the way it was cut so i didn't know if you meant oh i'm saying two different things the uh i love that scene and that to me is one of the best twists in the entire movie uh when you realize kurt russell has killed two men that are innocent yeah. and were not infected. Right. Um, but it's because everybody's losing their shit. My friend uh, Dan pointed out a really great point about the prequel, which I mentioned earlier, which, again, it's it's inferior, but it's an enjoyable film. It mm-hmm. deserves more than a 33%, I think, all right, on Rotten Tomatoes. But he said one of the things he didn't like about it was that it wasn't an all-male cast. And he said because one of the unspoken... Sexes. Well, (laughs) he didn't mean it that way. He said one of the unspoken qualities of the first film is that you've got nine guys cooped up for a year in this snow ridden fucking whatever. And he's like, the the sexual tension in there must be just off the fucking charts because they don't even have a hope of seeing a woman. There's no TVs, nothing. Right. And he was like, to me, that added to why it escalates so quickly. And why they're all so fucking reactionary? Okay, and that's fair. You know, so I thought that was an interesting point. Um, but you know, you gotta you gotta diversify. You can't just make the same fucking movie again. So I also uh, think you know they reacted pretty reasonably to what was happening in the thing. Yeah. Well, they react fairly reasonably. My point is, is it escalates pretty goddamn quick, though. You know, that's why we got out in uh, hour forty. Everybody's on edge because right. you know. Like Kurt Russell, before anything even starts going down, he's just like, I just want to go to my damn bunk and get drunk. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's kind of had it a lot already. lot of joints
0: being smoked. Huh? A lot of joints being smoked. Cannon joints. Yeah.
1: How, where, where, where did they, they flew the government, let them fly the weed up there? Joe. <laughs> he hit it. He hit it in his back. Um, it was a simpler time, folks. I went to the
0: uh, Hollywood Bowl last night and saw Brian Ferry of Roxy Music fame. And I'm glad I saw him because I love Roxy Music. But, you know, it was it's a, a past-his-prime kind of kind of evening. Play with the orchestra. That was cool. And... Uh,
1: Are you already digressing from the movie again? Yeah, or I just realized <laughs> I was. No, but I was going to come back to it. Sorry. No, go ahead. I just wanted to ask if that's what was happening. No. What are we talking about? Thing. Talk about the Brian Ferry thing if you want. I don't even
0: remember what my point was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know what it was. So we're going into the bowl, and uh, my buddy's got all this weed paraphernalia, and he just puts it in the side pocket of his bag, and they're checking his bag. The visible on the outside side pocket of his bag. Right. And he goes, no, they don't check side pockets. You can put a fucking handgun on the side pocket. (laughs) I go. That's crazy. Of course, Great. they're going to open it. They're searching bags. They do one single zip and then a single zip back up right through. So if you if you live here, you want to get anything into the bowl at
1: all, you want to kill people. at take, the bowl. take it easy. Take it easy. You can't. You're not allowed to suggest that. Like I mean, it's it, just crazy. You're being at. just. You got to say that you're being funny right now, oh, folks.
0: Folks, you know, I'm not saying to go blow up the Hollywood Bowl, but I'm saying or if you kill wanna,
1: people or hurt people. No,
0: of course not. <laughs> In this day and age, you got to say that. Of course not. Um, But, yeah, you can get whatever you want in the the bowl, was my point.
1: We're going to have a goddamn Kathy Griffin situation on our hands with this podcast. (laughs) Cut to Walsh crying on CNN.
0: (laughs) I mean, you want to talk about things escalating quickly. Jesus Christ.
1: Um, I... uh, Back to the thing. Yeah. Uh one of the really most astounding aspects of this film oh, to me you know what? We got off of that because you were talking about how did he get Joe's? How did he get up to get the weed up? Well, the movie doesn't take place in the Hollywood Bowl, Pat. Or See, does I it? thought it did. Maybe All it's right. a metaphor for the Hollywood Bowl. Yes. Uh I think uh, one of the most astounding and fascinating aspects of this film when you watch it now Yeah, is not just how well the script holds up. Not just how well Perfect it's directed. Script. Tight, tight script. Not just how it still seems somehow timeless. Yeah. Uh, they put these guys in a situation where they have no radio signal or anything. So you could even think to yourself, they have cell phones, but clearly they don't work. Right. Uh, the effects, they hold up so well. And I am not, you know, a, a, a practical effect like uh absolutist you know i, I mm-hmm. like practical effects quite a bit but i understand why computer effects sometimes help or, sure. or sometimes work these were these were truly all amazing stuff and it's they're they're disgusting yeah the dog one real gross whoever figured out whether it was carpenter or whoever whoever figured out like everything should wiggle Yeah. Whenever you see this alien, things have to be wiggling. There's something about that that's so disturbing. I don't know if it's because it makes me think of like if when a guy gets like if a guy gets shot and then his body's like twitching, uh huh. Like, that's very disturbing to me. So I don't know if that's what it is or what, but like, it's just the wiggling.
0: Yeah, and then each one kind of had its own. Usually in these movies, when when the alien kills somebody, it's kind of in the same way. Every one of these kills was like completely different and strange. Their heads were like oozing off in some cases. It was just crazy shit. I'll add too. Looked awesome. It's not
1: every day you see Richard Mauser and Wilfred Brimley <laughs> That's in true. a disgusting horror movie. <laughs> Brimley kills it. As always, yeah. I think it's the only. T- well, the firm he was in, he was a bad guy too. But uh, we
0: talked about him on this podcast on, on the firm because he has one. He has one of my favorite lines, which was uh, when he's showing Tom Cruise the photos of him cheating on his wife that they're going to mm-hmm. use to blackmail him. And then he's like, uh, "This isn't just missionary stuff either. <laughs> These are the more intimate acts." oral and such (laughs) that a young bride won't likely forgive (laughs) it's like one of my favorite lines in history and he looks he makes eye contact with tom cruise when he says oral and such which is uh just an amazing delivery uh and my other favorite brimley is the film in and out which is a very underrated comedy i love that john cusack and uh, really, one of the first mainstream things to to get into homosexuality. Half the theater walked out when I saw it because Tom Selleck kissed Kevin Kline. I love Half the, the theater movie. Walked out of Missouri, but uh, they're watching on the Oscars. Uh, Matt Dillon wins. It's this a spoof of the of Tom Hanks winning and kind of like outing his old drama teacher. So Matt Dillon's like, and I just want to thank my high school teacher, Mr. Such and Such, and he's gay. And the guy's engaged, and like everybody freaks out. So then they cut over to Brimley, who's watching Matt Dillon on the Oscars, and he goes, he mowed my lawn once. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> it's like the man winning, winning an Academy Award <laughs> in Los Angeles, he's not going to allow him to mow his lawn again. <laughs> Just... Just a funny, a funny man. The one downside
1: to In and Out is Bob Newhart plays a, ultimately a bad guy. Yeah, uh, and it's it bums me out to see Bob Newhart not completely likable. But wait, he, what did Newhart do in that movie? He was the principal. He's right? the principal that eventually oh, yeah, like fires, fires yes. him and stuff. And like, you know, he's funny. He's funny in the beginning. They get like a lot of funny out of Bob Newhart. Yeah. But then there is the turn where you like don't like the character anymore. Um, yeah.
0: Just a stacked cast. Joan Cusack it's a Super great flick in that movie Super it's a great flick
1: in uh it, it um but but brimley
0: and gross point blank as well she's great in them
1: i i love her in everything i've ever seen yeah brimley um but here's my question how the hell when the firm was like the biggest movie ever when yeah. that came out and everybody loved it how the hell were there not like brimley oatmeal sketches on snl that were like mixing the firm with brimley being an oatmeal guy
0: they did when they were when they would spoof brimley i think it was will ferrell but it, it would just be the diabetes stuff
1: yeah well that's that, like, that I too Have diabetes but i mean a specific firm yeah i don't know it was right there for them it's right there Ever tell you my dream snl sketch that i can never do no because it's so outdated now Want to do? uh, Welcome back, Potter, Harry. Yeah, and it's about it's basically Welcome back, Potter, except Harry has to go back. Old Harry goes back to teach at Hogwarts, (laughs) and then all the new wizard kids are like the sweat ox.
0: They could absolutely still do that.
1: (laughs) That's that's a great idea. Uh, Surprised they didn't. Yeah, that's another one. Travolta's hosted that goddamn show 800 fucking times. Yeah. Do the Welcome Back Potter. They did They did a Welcome Back Potter with Pulp Fiction. I, I remember think. that. That was pretty stupid. I remember that, but I did laugh really hard, and I can't remember who did it, but the guy that comes in as, as the angry principal. Yeah. Potter, <laughs> what the heck is going
0: on in here? I think I came up with this on this podcast, and we riffed on it for a little bit, but I want to do a sketch with uh actual little kids roasting vegetables yeah i think that's very funny um and it'd be so easy and fun to shoot would it be dirty it could be it doesn't i have think to it be. should be well clean uh, you know the, it'd probably eventually get dirty it'd be funny
1: time. if it was really cute and funny yeah and then like the fourth guy is like the pat cooper that comes yeah. up
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you pussy faced weasel <laughs> Yeah, and then, like, reaction shots of the other.
1: Uh, One of my favorite. Uh, looking shocked. Roast jokes of all time is on the Drew Carey roast when Pat Pat Cooper closes it.
0: Pat Cooper.
1: Proceeds to trash everybody in the room uh-huh. that he's a better comedian, and they're all bigger than he is, and then talks about meeting Drew Carey for the first time that night. He goes, "I," and he talks about how he's shaking his hand, and he goes, this fat son of a bitch has his own TV show <laughs> and a hand like a bag of clams. <laughs> the the utter disgust that he doesn't have a, a firm handshake is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else can we say about the thing? Uh, you know, look, this is also another important thing about this film. I mean, if you haven't seen it, we've ruined a lot of it for you already, but you, you probably, if, if you're listening to this show, you've probably seen it by now. You should have seen it.
0: And if you have, this, you have until you've seen the new uh,
1: Blu-ray. This is the Kurt Russell. I mean, this right? This is pre Escape from New York. Yes. This is kind of. I, th- I feel mm, like maybe year after, maybe year after. If this is not the movie to me, this is the you know one of the seminal movies that really launches and makes Kurt Russell Kurt Russell like yeah, he, he's he's
0: doing like no wisecracking. No. That he would later start doing a lot.
1: It's the best it's the Kurt Russell you always want. It's yeah. it, in my opinion. I prefer the sort of Harrison Forty Indiana Jones Kurt Russell right. to the wise cracky big trouble little China Kurt Russell. Captain Ron, Kurt Russell. Where does he fall? Uh he's not even in it, I gotta be honest <laughs> with you. Uh this film Captain Ron's got some laughs. Martin uh, Short. I, I refuse to believe it. Martin Short. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I want Your to Honor. say, yeah, I, I. but I mean, the movie just looks so
0: bad. Did you ever see Pure Luck with Marty Short and uh, Danny Glover? No. That's a really fucking funny movie. It is? It's very funny.
1: All right, I'll check it out. Maybe I'll buy it today. Pat and I are going DVD shopping after this. He gets stung by a bee. It's
0: a, I guess they use it in the trailer, but he, like, blows up to, like, you know, like almost like Norbit-style levels, and he's he doesn't realize it, so he's sitting in the back of this plane, and they turn around and look at him, and he's like, he basically looks like Jiminy Glick before he was doing it, and he's like, what's go, what's going on? Like, just, it's it's pure short. It's like his, uh, who's Harry Crumb, kind of. All
1: right, all right, I'll check it out. I kind of want to buy the movie where he's the little trash. kid. That's a real weird one. I Jiminy. own Clifford. It's one of the funniest movies I've ever Kim seen. Him and Grodin. I mean, it's... Clifford has some big, big laughs really un PC film what i've seen yeah. of it and i really like it. it's crazy and i love groden uh groden's the uh, best
0: beethoven not my shoes beethoven no
1: groden's best uh beethoven not on the rug beethoven oh. Did you ever see the original heartbreak kid with beethoven with i mean with groden yeah i i fucking loved it how was there not an SNL sketch where they had beethoven and the heartbreak kid <laughs> the
0: the heartbreak kid uh with groden was incredible
1: uh, yeah, it's he's, an incredible movie. He it's is like fantastic. So much better movie.
0: than the Stiller remake.
1: Yes, I would.
0: I would say, certainly so. With uh, Carlos Mencia in a key role.
1: Oh God. Uh, the thing I wanted to bring this up was written by a gentleman named Bill Lancaster. He wrote the screenplay. The story was um, ugh, the uh, the other guy's name is escaping me. Give me one second. Original story is by uh, that's not here. But the guy that wrote the the film the first film okay uh but bill lancaster uh very interesting died at 49 from a heart attack these fuckers lived hard man he was an actor the only picture of him from his acting roles on wikipedia is him in the big valley so he was you know he was one of these goddamn western guys or whatever. Uh these guys lived really hard but um uh doesn't have many film credits only three he's written the screenplays for the thing Uh, And the sequel to the movie I'm about to mention, but he also wrote The Bad News Bears, which is a masterpiece. Yeah, what a what a run. Yeah. The Bad News Bears and the thing. Yeah. And he also wrote Bad News Bears go to Japan genius, which I don't fault him for because the first one's a hit. Maybe he thought they could strike gold again. I only Uh, remember breaking training. I, I don't know if I ever saw Japan. I never saw Breaking Gip- Training. Oh, funny. no. This is the third one he wrote. The second one, I guess, is Breaking Training. Okay. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, did you know this? Regis Philbin is one of the stars of the Bad News Bears 3. That's why I probably didn't see that one. Um, but, yeah, died at age 49 on his wife's 48th birthday. Oh, that's tough. That is terrible. Um, I actually really
0: love the Bad News Bears remake with Billy Bob Thornton. I thought it was great. I mean, it. Uh, people were angry about it. I'm kind of like, what more could you want? It's not like they put, you know, uh,
1: Jamie Kennedy in it or something. Like Billy Bob Thornton is fucking hilarious. I scoffed when they first when I first heard about it, and then I watched it, and I really liked it. And I was like, you know what? They were they were very true to the original. They yeah. left out one or two jokes just out of the fact that like we just can't do this joke now. Right. The times have changed too much. Um, but. They also added in shit that's not in the first one. I love that Billy Bob Thornton fucks the uh, Marcia Gay Harden, you know, as <laughs> yeah. the head of the little league, you know, uh, yeah. whatever it's called, corporation. Would that be the, <laughs> the little? Because sure. you, you want to say the league, but then you say the little <laughs> league league, and it doesn't. Organization? Leave. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, yeah, it's. Uh,
0: I like when he has all the kids sing uh, cocaine. Puts it on the jukebox and has all the kids
1: sing along to cocaine. Yeah. That's real funny. Yeah, it's great. Um, uh, What else was Oh, also about The Thing. Eddie Omar Cohn did the score.
0: It's a fantastic score. I was surprised to see it wasn't Carpenter. But, uh, yeah, I love the music in The Thing. Well, did Carpenter do the title track at least? I don't think he did, right? I don't think he did. Have you seen The Thing from Another World, 1951?
1: I've never seen the original. I... Have respect for it, out of you know that it spawned all this other stuff I like, but I've never seen it.
0: It's pretty decent. Um, I'd recommend it. I saw it when I was young.
1: It's a little um, man. It's right in a. Po- it's right in a pocket of s- horror movies that I'm not. Those early fifties ones, man, are they're very like that's a lot of like invaders from the other planet type right. shit, you know. And it's and I don't I think get into it's more them like as much. a
0: Twilight Zone or something.
1: It's good. All right. Well, I'll check it out. Well, I mean, because I bought the box set of, and please, uh, listeners out there, tell me what I'm missing, if, if you know, or maybe you agree with me. I bought the complete box set of The Outer Limits, uh, and I hadn't seen that as a kid. I'd seen The Twilight Zone before I purchased all those and everything, but I'd never really seen The Outer Limits, and I bought it on Reputation alone, and I didn't pay a lot for it. I can't get into it. I just don't. It's something about it. Maybe it's because the episodes are an hour long each instead of 30 minutes, and but I don't know what it is. And I've watched the Harlan Ellison episodes, which are deemed some of the best science fiction television episodes of all time. They're not, It's not bad. I just do not find myself riveted by it. Um, so t- give me your thoughts on that, if you have any. Never seen any of them. And actually, I haven't seen all the Twilight Zone. I've only seen the first season. Oh, God, dude. Do yourself a favor, man. I know. You're, you're, that, I that show. It. I'm working my way through it. That show hits from start to finish. It dips a little bit in the fourth season because they go to an hour-long format. Mm-hmm. So it's less episodes, and it doesn't work as well. Like They should right. be a half hour. But other than that, I mean, I can't I can't say enough good stuff about that show. All right. Anything well, else on the thing? It's a great movie. I mean, it's hard to have a discussion about a great movie. I mean, movie.
0: To, to me... Um, I can honestly say every time I've watched it, I've liked it more. Like, I was just like, there's almost nothing to change about it.
1: Well, it's, yeah. it's a near-perfect movie. That's actually something I wanted to say, was like, it is a very layered film. You will find, and it's, it's part of, uh, I didn't know this either. It's part of John Carpenter's, what it is called the Apocalypse Trilogy. So this is the first film. Prince of Darkness is the second film. In the Mouth of Madness is the third film. Uh, and they're just about different apoc- apocalyptic events or events that could lead to the apocalypse. Have uh, you seen my Hip Hop Calypse trilogy? I have not. Have you? This
0: is a series of rap videos that I made
1: with, I my, with my friends. literally think that's an actual <laughs> movie with Coolio in it. Hip Hop Calypse? Would you be surprised? Not on the he did. This is the man that was in Fat Beach. <laughs> P.H., which I don't even know if that's a play on Fat <laughs> Bitch or what.
0: Uh, I never thought of it as such. It's pretty hot and tempting, fat,
1: uh, like that girl's fat. But I'll say this about the Apocalypse Trilogy. Uh, I, I I haven't been so far a huge fan of the dar- uh, Prince of Darkness. I am going to now give it another shot because I didn't know this was considered a trilogy in any way, and In the Mouth of Madness is in my top Carpenter films ever. Like, I, I love that fucking movie. Not a big fan. Um. So I, I'm curious. I'm curious. Um. I uh, And then, uh, oh, so this is a very, oh, this is what I was going to say. This is a very layered and nuanced film. Uh, it's not, everything Carpenter does for the most part is great, but this is certainly, I think, a little less straightforward than some of the other stuff he's done. And I think you get something new out of it every time you watch it. Uh, and the ending is just tremendous. I love not knowing, could could uh, Keith David be infected? Do yeah. we not know? And just kind of knowing they're all dead regardless. Yeah. Oh, no, well, he'd still be alive. The actually. last shot of Kurt Russell, it looks like he might have died, but it's yeah. not clear. Like, right. It's just a really, really tremendous movie.
0: It is. We loved it. Go see it. And uh, also a shout out to horror great Mr. Tobey Hooper, which I have been told I am
1: mispronouncing.
0: And have been since I was a young boy. Somebody
1: said today that he died because he heard the way you said his name. I doubt that's true. Which I I, thought was a little much. I don't
0: love that like three weeks before his death, they break the official news story that he did not really direct poltergeist. It's like, maybe we didn't need to kick an old man,
1: you know? (laughs) What did he die from? They still didn't announce what he died from. He was young. Yeah. 76. uh, Oh, yeah, that's pretty young. Yeah. Um, Favorite Tobey. Mine, of course, is Poltergeist.
0: If we're saying it, he didn't direct it, I guess I got to go Texas Chainsaw.
1: I think it's Texas Chainsaw far and away. I, I feel that the film is groundbreaking, and I yeah. love Poltergeist, but Texas Chainsaw really reshaped horror in many ways, and it is a terrifying movie. It is. Uh, it's great. Um, yeah. R.I.P. Tobey. And Salem's. I'm a. i am like Salem's Lock quite a bit. But not um, as much as Poltergeist or Texas Chain. Um, anyway, uh, plugs. Joe DeRosa Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you're hearing this now, the next gig is D.C. D.C. Draft House in September. Uh, I think it's this. I don't know. It's early in September. Go, go to their website and find some tickets and come on out. I
0: am Twitter and Instagram at the patrick walsh uh that's all i got folks we oh. will see you next time thanks to eli braden for his uh re-recording of the theme
1: yes one more plug penthouse column you let me down it's out now every month in penthouse digital or hard copies are available go check it out i enjoy writing it and check out joe's other podcast emotional hangs with mr kurt Bromeler. all right that was a head gum podcast